Remote work has long moved beyond simply being a trend or a lifestyle. It's a natural evolution in the way we work and collaborate, a complete and vital redesign with profound positive impact for businesses, teams, and society as a whole. With it comes a work culture revolution that requires putting freedom, trust, and conscious behavior at the core of every business who wants to thrive. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and expert in growing happy, high-performing remote teams. Since 2014, I've been running all my businesses remotely, and that has deeply changed who I am as a leader. I've gone from micromanaging an unhappy team, suffering high turnover and working long hours, to moving to the US, traveling roughly six months a year, and loving the shit out of my team and being constantly amazed as to what we're achieving. Join me as I dive into conversations about remote work magic, conscious culture, and the future of work with some of the most inspiring founders and leaders in the remote work space. Insights, tips, success, and failure, innovation, we share it all. Let's dive in. Welcome everyone to another fantastic episode of Conscious Culture. I am really excited about this one with my good friend, Jack DeLosa, who's the founder of an organization called The Entourage out of Australia. He'll uh, go into a little bit more detail about what The Entourage is, but I've known Jack for 10 years and he is one of the most confident, passionate, inspiring entrepreneurs I've ever met. He changed the trajectory or him and his organization, The Entourage, changed the trajectory of my entrepreneurial career. I was lucky enough to come across them uh, within the first year of becoming a business owner at that point. I wouldn't have even considered myself an entrepreneur. And very quickly through this community, learned about entrepreneurship, learned about scaling my business, learned about exiting and building something that might be saleable. And it just blew my mind open and really helped me dive into the community um, and into this new kind of way of being for me, which was as an entrepreneur. I also met my co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women through the Entourage. So I recently had Cheryl Ty. Um, if you're a regular listener on the show, we actually met through the Entourage. So, you know, it really shaped my career, my early career as an entrepreneur and and into the future. And it's just a fantastic conversation. Jack was kind enough to share his entire journey with us um, and through, you know, some of the the darker side of business or our egos when it comes to leadership and managing companies and, you know, when we can sometimes lose our way and what it's been like to come full circle on that. So you are in for a treat with this one. Enjoy. Jack, my friend, how are you? I am amazing. It is so good to talk to you again. I love it. So what are we? It's like 8pm in Austin and you are in Sydney, I assume. I am in Sydney, yeah, 10 to 1 here. Nice. Sunny Sydney. I think last time you and I had a Zoom, I was sitting in bed at home. Yeah, I think I was all tucked up on the couch at home. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That should have been the podcast, by the way. We should have just recorded that (laughs) conversation. That was a pretty good conversation. (laughs) That was an amazing conversation. But yeah, no, I'm so I'm here at our Entrepreneur Development Centre in Sydney. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. Obviously, we have known each other for about 10 years now almost, I think. Yeah. Um, Eight, nine, ten, something like that. No, it is about 10 now. 
Um, and, you know, really interestingly been or are a part, I would say, of like a cohort of entrepreneurs in Australia, really, that emerged around that time. And, you know, we all still hang out, we're all still friends and we've all, all gone on to kind of create either what we were working on, which for you, you know, is the entourage and when what you're still working on. And I'd love to dive into some of that journey yourself as a leader and how the entourage has evolved and how your team and, and how you've evolved on that journey. And I mean, for others of us within that cohort, we've done other businesses and all sorts of things, but mm. it's been a really fun journey. And interestingly on that, I've just moved to Austin and I'm like very plugged into this kind of emerging entrepreneur scene. And I have really similar mm. energy to that time that we had all back then. And it makes me excited That's about cool. like where we all go to next. So That's um, super cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, um, obviously I know about what you do, but tell our listeners a little bit about the entourage and start from the beginning because what you've done is really fucking amazing and has been really pivotal in, pivotal in shaping the ecosystem, the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Australia, I think. Mm. Yeah, so I started. I mean, I've I've have always been um, a business owner and, and and an entrepreneur, I suppose. And in 2010, I started the Entourage, and it was really started out of uh, dissatisfaction for how traditional education does or does not develop entrepreneurs, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've always held the view. You know, I've I've been studying everything from well, mainly history and those who have shaped it. There's been a, a huge sort of I've always had an affinity towards that um, since the age of about eight. Um, and it's and it's amazing to me that my firm belief is that entrepreneurs and business owners and innovators and their teams are the ones that truly shape our world. like if we if if we look around ourselves and look at everything that was made by a human, it was all brought to the world by a human being and 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 their team um, who, who, who dreamt of something that didn't yet exist and they lost sleep over it and they sweated it over and they cried over it and uh, they eventually brought something really meaningful to the world. And that doesn't just happen. It happens through the concerted effort of, of innovative people um, in, in any field, not even just business. The same is true in medicine. The same is true in arts. The same is true in politics. And so it's crazy to me just how influential innovators and entrepreneurs are in shaping the world around us yet just how uh, little we do to develop more of that as a culture and as a society, whether that's through our traditional education system or just resources and, you know, um, companies and communities in general. And so that's why I started The Entourage is is I really wanted to create a community where uh, business owners that were coming up could learn from people who'd been there, done that experience. And so, um, you know, fast forward to now, we're Australia's largest business coaching and training institution. We've got a community of 500,000 people around the world. Um, got an amazing team of about 40 people here in Sydney at our Entrepreneur Development Centre, uh, about 30 people over in Manila. Um, yeah, and, and we essentially, um, the people that come to the entourage um, as our members are people that are really, really good at what they do. Um, and whether that's, you know, I have a cupcake store or a finance company or a consulting company or um, 
I'm an e-com company. I'm really, really good at what I do, but I want help in how do I build a commercially scalable business model around that so that I can scale it, so that I can maximize its value, maximize its profitability. Then a huge thing that we've been helping you entrepreneurs do, particularly over the last few years, is actually build a self-managing company such that it can run without me. So how do you build the structures and the infrastructure and the team necessary uh, to help the entrepreneur elevate themselves up out of the day-to-day operation so that they have a business that, that runs without them? And so that's what we do. And, and we do that for companies ranging from anywhere doing, you know, maybe a couple of hundred grand a year to, to companies doing, you know, 40 or 50 million a year. Our average sort of revenue per company that comes through here these days is about 3.5. Um and we, we help people, you know, our mission is to give business owners everything they need to build great businesses and lead meaningful lives. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's interesting hearing you talk about that and reflecting back to how much that message was clear right from day one of my interactions wow. with you. So it's, yeah, wow. it's really nice. Yeah, oh, that's I really, remember. That's, that's, that's very, <laughs> my whole heart just, expand that's really cathartic <laughs> feedback for me to hear because to be honest with you i do think we lost it for a period of time mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's really great to hear you to hear you say that about back in the day i mean it shows that the vision when the vision is strong mm-hmm. Mm. And you are truly like in your alignment, authenticity, your integrity connected with that vision, that motivator for bringing what you're bringing, you know, how you bring it may shift over time for sure as our businesses evolve in terms of the way we're actually showing up in the world, the way we're doing things, the way we're delivering things. But, you know, ultimately the objective is still to achieve that same vision. Um, You talked about how you lost your way a little bit. I would love to hear about that though. Yeah, it's super interesting. And, um, you know, I know you and I are so aligned on, on on so many things and kind of how we view the world and the universe. But, I mean, to, to your point just now, you know, you said, you know, when you're tuned into it and when you're kind of acting in alignment with the integrity of your vision, I, I do think there's a momentum that occurs. And, and I, do, I do think, and I, I'm almost reluctant to say this, but I do think there is some form of universal assistance that does kick in mm-hmm. when you're in flow, right? I don't think we can leave it all up to the universe. There's a hell of a lot of work in it, but but you de- there's definitely a tide that that kind of comes with you when you're in alignment with your vision. What happened with us, I, th- I think where we, we kind of went off path a little bit was we got to a point where in 2015, we, we'd grown, you know, between 100 and 200% year on year, we got to a point where we had a team of 90 people. We were trading at a valuation of $50 million. So, you know, we, we built a, a, a reasonably sized, medium-sized company. Um, and then what we wanted to do was build a model that also was was accessible and applicable to student stage people. So not just people in business, but people that were coming out of high school or people that were thinking about going to university. So we went into accredited education, uh, offering diplomas and advanced diplomas and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, it was to reach more people, but it was also probably a move that was, um, a commercial move for the sake of scale Mm -hmm. and perhaps less so a move made because it lit our hearts and our souls on fire. Right. Mm. And so we came into that space and came into it incredibly successfully because commercially it made a lot of like it made a hell of a lot of sense for us to do it and and that was clear from month one 
But then, you know, we were six months in. This is the vocational education and training sector, so VET for short. And, and you know, your Aussie listeners may be familiar with this back in 2015-16. It was on a lot of newspapers. There were some dodgy providers in this particular industry that were kind of signing up people to do courses that were either never going to do the course or they were signing up dead people. And essentially, you know, because the government was providing funding. Exactly. Was that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the regulations were too loose. And this this often happens when, uh, you know, the government try to provide stimulus for different things in Australia is is, is they come in a way that's too loose. 90% of the providers are good, 10% of the providers aren't, but 10% of the providers brought the system to such a degree that it gets a lot of bad media. And so then the government needs to do something about it. And rather than re regulating it to sort of, um, you know, frame out the poor behaviour. They they tend to come through the industry with a wrecking ball and 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 take out the entire industry, which is exactly what happened for us. And so mm-hmm. they made that announcement in um, October of 2016 to take effect to Jan 1, 2017. So we, the industry had three months' notice. Uh, and so for us, what that meant is we were three months away from a monthly loss of eight hundred thousand dollars. We had to go from 90 people to 40 people in a day. And for those that have uh, had to go through processes of redundancies, just from a legal standpoint, it's a, it's a multi-day process. So, you know, we did that over two or three days. Um, and the government hadn't been paying new entrants to the industry for six months up until that point. And so it wasn't like we were kind of starting again. We, uh, we hadn't been getting paid from the government for... Mm six or nine months prior to that. So so it was millions and millions and millions of dollars in debt, three months away from a monthly loss of $800,000, carrying significantly too many expenses uh, because we built an institution around, uh, you know, a regulatory framework that was no longer going to be suitable. Um, and so we had to kind of rebuild the business model and, uh, we didn't have a product suite that was going to survive beyond three months, and so, like, starting again would have been a walk in the park relative to what we had to do. We had to we had to rebuild, but not from ground zero, from like five million dollars in the hole. And so, you know, as, as so such began the the hardest eighteen to twenty four months of my entire life. Um, and so, the reason why I say we lost our way a little bit is shortly after, probably probably a couple of years after we got good again. So, you know, two and a half, three years after that, we were better than ever. We were stronger than ever. Uh, we were attracting more mature members because we had matured and we had developed a bit of wisdom and, and a bit of humility. And, and so as, as, as we mature our audience now, our customers tend to be mature with us. Um, you know, we were smarter, we were more wiser, we were more considerate of risk management. Just our, our culture's better than ever, our success stories. I remember we, we, we were just a far better organisation. So we lent into it, we survived and we mm-hmm. got through it. And a little bit after that, I uh, I think I was reading something. I can't even remember what I was reading, but, but I, there was, I think it was a female author. She used the term betraying your destiny and how when you're on path mm-hmm. and in flow with your purpose, there is that kind of tide. And, and when you betray your destiny, I never even thought of that as a concept and it just really resonated with me. And I think to a degree, I think as a brand and the heartbeat of who we are at the entourage and even myself as a human, I think we might have betrayed our destiny a little bit. We went in search mm-hmm. of scalability rather than sticking to our essence and our heartbeat, uh, which is to where we returned. So 
Yeah, I think we lost our way a little bit during that. And, and, and uh, you know, when, when you do a pivot that fundamental and that extreme, it muddies the water from a branding perspective. You know, one, 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 one sort of a brand for entrepreneurial training and next you, you're doing entrepreneurial training, but you're also doing this accredited education thing. So it takes, I mean, we're in a, we were in a very distressed situation for probably 12 months, like very, very, very distressed, dead in the water mm-hmm. kind of distressed. But then it's not like, and, you know, many, many businesses are learning this and will continue to learn this through COVID. It's like when you're in a distress period for a year, it's not like you come out you come out of it after 12 months and everything's shiny. It's like you'll be distressed for a year and then after that there'll be a several-year journey of, yeah. of, of climbing back and getting back to where you were. So, um, yeah, I think, I, think, uh, I think that's where we may have lost our way a little bit, but fortunately we found our way back. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, isn't it interesting even from a brand perspective, I think when you're in flow and in alignment, people can feel the authenticity yes. of your brand. The authenticity yes. is easy to deliver because it's real. It's Whereas, true, exactly. you know, It shows up in everything when we betray our destiny. I love that term and I hadn't yeah. heard it before, but when we betray our destiny, it shows up in everything. It shows up in us as leaders, the way we talk with our team and our customers. It shows up in our brand messaging. It ends up showing up like in our financials and everything. Yeah. It oozes out of the pores, every pore of the business, right? Mm -hmm. Because it is, it it is authentic and it's not manufactured. It's not something we need to kind of manufacture and remind ourselves. We, you know, like the, the, the periods of my life where I've been in most flow, have been the periods where where we've grown the most, um, because it's just all, all you're doing is being who you are. That's the most powerful business strategy, I think. It's amazing. Oh my god, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's so true, and it's interesting your timing because I feel like it was around. 2015, 16-ish that I also kind of, yeah. I feel like my ego got ahead of me. Like I'd had a couple yeah. of business exits. I had a ton of money in the bank personally that I hadn't, you know, my, my personal wealth just jumped quickly. Um, yeah. And I was still trying to reconcile that without bringing enough awareness to it. And I just started thinking that I could build any business anywhere and create anything and just really quickly destroyed a whole bunch of that wealth. <laughs> humbled myself and was like, okay, you are not God's gift to entrepreneurship. (laughs) You need to just relax and get back, get back to, um, (laughs) get back on path, get back, you know, working on things that you really care about and showing up in a way that's really authentic. And for me having those, you know, I had to have a really tough conversation with my team, which I imagine you had to do as well. Like when you Mm. had to lay off those people and stuff, it's like, that was a real come to Jesus moment for me where it was like, mm. I've just driven this company into the ground over the past six months by mm. putting the, my head in the sand with my obnoxious ego over here mm. um, and ultimately getting to the point where I'm like, I can't ignore it anymore. Like, yeah, mm. there's things that have happened, but I did this. <laughs> I, the buck stops with me and I did this and now I need to front up to my team and I need to be transparent with them about where we're at. I need to rally the troops and figure out how we're going to move forward. And I need to be a different leader moving forward. And it was very transformative. That was January, 2016 for me. It was very transformative. Um, I feel like that's really when I stepped into 
leading from a place of more consciousness and starting to really trust that intuition and and who I was. I feel like before that had been like, there'd been flow and then there'd been ego. And it was like, really, you know, it was a lot of learning, which is normal. Um, and then it was like, okay, like when you're in flow, when you're trusting your intuition, when you're listening, when you're communicating authentically and transparently, things are moving. And when you start to lose your way a bit, that's when we get blocked. So how was it for you as a individual, like personally? Well, I was going to say, I mean, it was exactly the same for me. I think to your story, what amazes me about you, I honestly think you are one of, if not the best example of, of people in my immediate network of, of, I don't know, someone that's been through that journey and then so unapologetically and so honestly uh, called it for what it is, stared it in the face, worked through the bullshit that we all have to work through in our own heads and our own hearts, uh, persevered beyond adversity and then kind of arrived at this place where you're uh, just such a powerful, authentic, whole human being right that's so fucking connected with soul like and i've said i think i said i think i said this to you last time we spoke but it's just that the work that you've done and the alignment that is so obvious in in your energy as a person and in your businesses and in how you talk and in the the wisdom that you're able to to kind of riff on whenever you like it's 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 palpable man like it's really fucking cool um, Thank you. I really a, appreciate that receipt. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool, Sarah. It's yeah. It's 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 inspiring. I mean, what I was thinking about as you were talking, which is exactly what happened to me. There's a there's a Sanskrit principle called Rashi, right? And and a, a Rashi is a cataclysmic event that occurs to bring destruction to catalyze growth that otherwise wouldn't have occurred. Right. Mm. And, and what I think tends to happen is, and this was certainly true for me, you know, leading up to 2016 is that lessons will often come with a whisper and, uh, we, the ego is so big and we think we're so fucking awesome. We, you ignore the whisper and then the whisper becomes a voice and it becomes a roar and and it ends up sort of hitting you over the head with a brick. Mm. Um, but what a rashi is, is, is it's a, it's, it's the absolute destruction, which it either it threatens to destroy the things you care most about unless you change some fundamental things about yourself. And so it kind of threatens absolute destruction, which for me honestly was was probably my business, right? Like there were there were there were an infinite number of lessons that I needed to learn that I probably never would have had the courage or even the humility to truly learn at a human level, not just an intellect level, but truly learn and embody at a human level unless unless the thing that I cared most about, which was my business, was threatened, mm-hmm. right? And so it kind of forces growth and it forces evolution where, where previously there was stagnation. And so, yeah, I think I, I think 2016 for me was a rashy, right? It, 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 it was a cataclysmic event that threatened the absolute destruction, which catalyzed growth in, in myself and the business that otherwise wouldn't have occurred. And so, you know, after five years later, you can kind of look back at it and there's all these positives that have come from it because it forced evolution. 
it's just going through it in the moment is very rarely fun. <laughs> oh, man, it's so difficult. I mean, facing essentially we're facing down our ego and our attachment to self yeah. and our shadow, yes. you know, all of yes. the ugliness of who we are that has manifested externally into whatever the scenario is and we're facing yes. it all down and, um, you know, it has to be destroyed and it has to be fiery and messy yeah. and yuck yeah. to be Painful. able to come out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, attachment is, I'm glad you said because if, if I kind of look back, that was the big, I was attached to everything. I was attached to the business going exactly the way that I had forecasted it would. I was attached to the image being exactly what I thought it needed to be. And, you know, like you, I've learned this so many times throughout my fucking life, but like you kind of care what other people think until you realize it's like, what do you, what do you think of me? I don't. It's like other everybody's so busy thinking about ourselves and our immediate world that very few people are thinking about. But it's like attachment to image, attachment to brand, attachment to the story, attachment to the forecast, attachment to the identity, attachment to to the company itself, attachment to the money. So much attachment. Um, and yeah, I think you know these kind of destructive events, these 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 events that come along and humble us. Uh, often so much of the beautiful benefit that comes out of it is is a greater degree of non-attachment to that which you are not. Which is such a gift as well because it's quite a stressful way to live. You know, we don't realise it at the time because we don't know any other way, but you are literally walking around gripping everything. And even though it's going well, there's this like fear that yeah. one of the, you know, one of the eggs is going to drop and break <laughs> exactly. because you're like carrying them all and you're so, you know, and then when things do start going wrong, like it's, I mean, it's so difficult. Whereas when we can go through something like that and then approach these things from a place of like non-attachment and it's a practice because don't mm. get me wrong, I get attached to things still all the time, exactly. but like yeah. seeing that for what it is and being like, Oh, okay. Like how can I, you know, like that go a little bit, like my business is not me. My team is not me. This customer is not me. Like, you know, it all exists outside of me. Um, mm. I don't need to like hold it so tightly. And then it almost, it relieves the pressure a little bit, which allows mm. in my case, it allows me to stay in flow more Then it allows mm. me to stay mm more in that expansive energy exactly which is going to lead to to far um better outcomes anyway i mean the other thing i had a paradigm shift last time you and i spoke and um i since we since put this on a video or a podcast or something and you reached out to me one of the things that we spoke about last time was uh i was talking about the fear of failure and you you kind of sat there with this sort of contemplative look on your face and you're like (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think being an entrepreneur is who I am. It's not what I do and I can't fail at who I am. So if any business did go under, it wouldn't necessarily threaten who I am because who I am can't be threatened. And I was like, (laughs) that was powerful. And because it's so fucking true, right? Particularly for so many many entrepreneurs, it's who we are. And so one vehicle or another, one company or another might be threatened and people lose companies all the time. Uh, but that, that, that's not you failing. That's just that particular business failing. That's just one thing you were doing failing. You can't fail at being an entrepreneur because it is who you are. 
or essentially just being a human because we're not like yeah. the whole the whole journey is like you're just you are just a human like you're not like failing or winning or succeeding you're just living yeah <laughs> what you came in here for was like a roller coaster ride of experiences and emotions and that's what you're getting exactly yeah <laughs> you're getting what we signed up for yeah oh, I love it um so how has it been like when you think about your dynamic with your team, you know, pre, during all of that and like now, is there a shift? Do you feel like the energy in your team, the way you relate with your team is different now to before and the culture of the organisation internally? Definitely. Um, I think I'm almost laughing to say it because it's such a cliche, but I, it's just a lot more authentic right? It's kind of like Entourage pre-16, we were operating from head. Entourage, let's say post-17, we've we've sunken deeper and we're operating from heart. Mm-hmm. And so it's less, okay. it's less ego. And, 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 and that's from a culture perspective, from a brand perspective, from a members that we attract perspective. It's less the, it's less the flashy side of business and entrepreneurship and more about and just deeper. And so, you know, like one micro example of that would be in 2014, you know, the average age of a member of ours, you know, in our programs may have been 25. And so, you know, there's, there's partying and there's, there's, there's that kind of culture that comes with that. Whereas today the average age of our member is probably 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all family, family-based people, and 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 I think it's just you just you attract the customers. In our case, we call them members uh, that you deserve, and 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 like attracts like, right? So, um, I think I think we've matured. I think we've sort of burned off a lot of the ego stuff. Um, I think we operate from more heart, um, and I think that sort of permeates out. Through, through everything mm. yeah mm, what about you does as, how has your because I imagine it would have changed quite significantly how has your leadership style and, and culture changed over the years yeah I think the main thing for me is um just complete transparency now um mm. like I and I think part of it you know I feel like there's a light and a shadow to everything right so the light, like the positive of how I used to lead was I feel responsible for my team. I care for them. I want to kind of, you know, shepherd them and guide them and like almost protect them a little bit. And so then I would make decisions that were like filtering information based on what I believe they could or couldn't handle, things like that. The Mm -hmm. light of that was like a positive place. Like I want to create an environment where they feel safe and da-da-da. The shadow of that was like, you know, I'm ashamed of this thing I did or fuck, that didn't work mm-hmm. out and I don't want people to know about it or, wow, mm-hmm. we're really struggling with our cash flow but I don't want them to know, not because I care for them because I don't want them to see where I might be, you know, not doing as well or whatever. So there, there's like two sides operating, I think. Um, yeah. And I think what really happened to me, and it, it did start in that conversation in January 2016, was just like, put it all out on the table. Like these are adults that I work Mm. with. They're capable, competent, you know, amazing people that I've chosen to walk alongside this journey with that have been attracted into 
ultimately the vision. I mean, regardless of all of what we're talking about, I think there's no argument that both you and I are very passionate, very driven people. And we attract people Mm. into our lives that want to join, you know, that track Mm. that we're on. They want to be a part Mm. of it. I think, you know, we've both always had that ability to, to kind of do that. And so why am I treating these people as though I need to protect them or like they're Mm. less than me or that I'm Mm. better than them. So I don't, and I don't want to like let them see these parts of myself or whatever, Mm. rather just show up in my whole self. This is what I'm doing really well. This is what I'm not doing so well. Anyone got any ideas? Like let's move forward together. And that's been a constant Mm. journey for me. Like it's still a practice. I'll still catch myself with things, um, you know, and it's much more, discreet now, like the, whichever the layers of the onion, you know, it's much deeper now where I'm not consciously hiding anything or ashamed of anything, but I'll have something still that I feel, Oh, like this is really on me. Like I've got to fix this. And then I'll be like, wait, like tell the team, they can fix it. They can help you. (laughs) And also like you're empowering them to step up and step into it, you know? Um, so it's definitely different now, but hundred percent. The other thing that I found happens with that dynamic, because again, I'm exact same journey. Um, what you know, like the, the the way we used to operate in terms of hiding things from the team, you kind of think like, oh, if I was to table that problem, you know, everyone would freak out, yeah. and they you know, like you kind of you expect this big reaction, and people, and then you tell them, and they go, oh, okay, cool, okay, yeah. So what are we going to do about that? And it's like, oh, I thought, I thought. I thought everyone was going to freak out, run around, yeah. scream, cry, I'm going to leave. ostracize me, <laughs> yell at me, kick me, and run out. And 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 then and maybe it's because when it when it's your business, it's it's a bit more personal and a bit more close to you. It's not to say they don't care because they care to a huge degree, but I don't know. Maybe they've just got a, a, an ability to have a bit more perspective around it. So the problems that we think are huge and intimidating. Um, I've always been really impressed at how my team has shown up for that. Mm-hmm. Well, cause we're also carrying them alone on our shoulders, the burden on us. Yeah. And yeah. so of course it feels big, but once you share it and you got a whole brains trust working on it and thinking about it, like also I think many human beings, particularly entrepreneurs and particularly those who probably work with us who are more attracted to like that entrepreneurial environment, they enjoy solving problems. Like that's exactly. what we do. It's like, yeah. let's, oh, this is something we can sink our teeth into. Much more interesting yeah. than like business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. it's like you're giving them a chance to rally, to stretch their thinking, to like 100%. empower themselves, to show up. Um, so I continue to, you know, pursue that as a path and get out of my own way if I ever feel nervous about something or, or whatever, like an example of, I've just got a brand new team, um, with Gromotely, the platform we're launching. And, Mm. you know, I'd made a decision on setting up a subsidiary company in another country. And I, I started feeling today, it was just today. And I was like, I don't know if this is, if I've, if I've made the right call here, like, I think I need to get some advice. And because I've got a fairly new team, we only started our founding team like a month ago Mm. Um, you know, we're still finding our feet and everything. And I was like carrying it all day. And then I was like, Sarah, like tell the team, ask them for help. But I realized there was still that little part of me that was like, oh, well, you know, this is like, you made this decision before they even came on board. Like, it's not their responsibility. You got to figure it out or whatever. Yeah. And maybe yeah. they won't know. Or what. 
it was so crazy. And then I just told them all and they're like, oh yeah, cool. Like, you know, we can figure this out. And they threw out all these ideas. And so like, I still catch myself, you know, yeah. at a deep, deeper layers, not, not like I'm very transparent with everything that's going on always, but I'll, I'll find little things and I'm like, Hey, like you can speak up about that still. So you know, I think it is a constant practice, but transparency has really transformed my business, my experience as an entrepreneur, my experience mm. with my team and mm. our culture. And it's, I just, I mean, in Grow My Team, the company I've been running for several years, like I watch the amount of personal growth within my team because mm. I've opened up space for them to share struggles, challenges, doubts, fears, whatever, because I do. Yeah. I tell them like, oh, like I w- couldn't sleep this week because I've got doubt that I'm able to lead you all right now. <laughs> like I'll say stuff like that to them. Wow. And and like, they're just like, thank you for letting us know. It's really good to know that you're human as well. Um, wow. And that always surprises me as well, because I always think that if you said something like that to your team, once again, they would all be like, I don't want to work for a leader who doesn't know what she's doing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But actually they're like, shit, okay. The doubt that I was feeling about, you know, stepping up into my marketing manager role last week, we all go through it. You know, when we live at a growth edge, which all of us as entrepreneurs do, yeah. we are constantly looking our fear and our doubt in the eye and being like, all right, like I've done this before. I'll do it again. Like get out of the way. Thank you for showing up, but I'm moving forward. And anyone mm-hmm. who's on that path of growth personally, professionally, whatever is like, if you're living at that edge, the familiarity of that edge is a new doubt or fear is going to continue to come up and you just got to beat it down and keep going. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and not sharing and being open and honest about that just makes it even more heavy. Whereas when you can live as, you know, openly and uh, authentically and, and talk about what's really going on for you, uh, I imagine that that weight lifts quite, quite a bit. Yeah. And it, certainly it's shared. Totally. No, it's, it's been a great journey for me, but anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm super, like I said earlier in the conversation, like hearing you talk about why you do what you do and just now going through this whole conversation and like your journey and seeing how you're still so connected to that. And and maybe it's Mm. a case of circling back to it or or whatever it Mm. is and, you know, losing your way for a little bit there as we all do, but Mm. it's just so impressive. And I'm so, I'm proud of you. I'm inspired by you. I'm grateful for you doing this work in the world. Like it's very important. It's very needed. Mm. Um, and your passion has always been just incredibly contagious. I remember the first time I ever heard you, um, speak, not at the Uncon, which was the big event, but we did the two day program afterwards. So when I heard you speak more kind of intimately and for like a whole day, I was yeah. just like, this guy is so amazing. Like, <laughs> how is he? Like, who is he? Where did he come from? And like, you speak with such authority and passion and, and you were so young then, like, how old were you? It was illegal. So young. <laughs> were you like 23 or something? Oh, I was 23 <laughs> when I started it. So young. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. Um, <laughs> well, straight back at you, as I said before, you know, I, Watching your journey, you know, over the last 10 years, particularly over the last five years, has been so incredibly inspiring in terms of somebody that's just unapologetically aligning to their true self. I find that. And and that is, I, I do find that's also a rising tide globally, right? Like there seems so. to be some sort of, 
I don't know, call it what you will, but the awakening or just something going on, I think, around the world where more and more people are kind of like, I'm becoming less attached to the facade that business used to be about and I just want to sort of blend life and business and being human all in one. I think you're really at the vanguard of that. So, yeah, I find that incredibly inspiring as well. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, I definitely agree that there is a shift going on. I mean, I have my my feelings about it. I do feel like consciousness is rising potentially to, mm. to some degree or another. I also feel very strongly that like feminine energy has come into balance again on our planet. You know, if Absolutely. we look at like the universe and the history of everything, it's like everything's in cycles, right? So we've come yeah. out of this more pa- how it's manifested physically for humanity has been like more patriarchal. But yeah. taking the humanity out of it, like let's just call it like an imbalance potentially of masculine energy and yeah. now the feminine energy is like back in play. And, yeah. you know, some texts do say that that happened around the 2000s, which is wow. really where we saw the fight in our real world, the fight for like gender equality really heat up um, mm. and probably that last-ditch effort to hold on. And now it's kind of like my feeling even as a feminist who was very passionate and was more of an advocate now is like, I don't have to fight for it anymore. It's, it's happening. I still Mm. need to be it. I still need to stand Mm. for it, but Mm. I used to like feel angry and aggressive and I need a fight and we need to push. Whereas Mm. I have this real sense of peace in me now that it's here and there's mm. still some resistance because this is like mm-hmm. it's here for a few thousand years, not just for like <laughs> 2020. <laughs> um, so like when we macro out beyond our lives and everything, but yeah. I, I feel like that energy is here and that's contributing as well to what I see as more balance. Like this is not about it going the other way, like, oh, now the feminine's in place, so we, we're only like that. It's more, yeah. you know, when we talk about flow and everything, like if you if, if we have that, balanced masculine and feminine energy it's like the feminine energy is the receiving from the universe and the flowing with the channel Mm. and Mm. then the masculine is like I can drive that like Mm. I'm solid I'm a rock I have strategies I can drive like the masculine Mm. the the feminine is meditating and and getting a download of like some new thing you want to do in the business and then the masculine Mm. is sitting down and writing the to-do list so that it actually you know really happens effectively and when we when we bring harmony to that it's so powerful when we were just forcing and pushing in the masculine, like that's why we can lose our way because that we're not connected with, you know, that greater sense 100%. of purpose. A hmm. hundred, I couldn't agree. With, and thank God, right? Like, and perhaps quite literally, but I think uh, there is an uprising of feminine energy in the planet. And I think that's a really important piece for the planet to get to where it, needs to go um and you're right you know if you look at how that manifests in business like if you think of business back in the 80s right it's like that wall street type vibe mm-hmm. it's 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 masculine it's greed is good uh more is better win lose step over corporate warrior create a path of destruction fuck everybody and today particularly even just over the last five years, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it feels completely different. So it's different. more flow. 
Uh, I want to do something that's aligned with who I am. I, I, I want to do it in a way that is conscious. I want to do it in a way that's aligned. I want to do it with like-minded people. We want to have fun and enjoy ourselves along the way. What a concept. We'd love to contribute to the planet if and how we can along the way. You know, it, it's it's and what's that? 80s to now, it's, it's less than 40 years. And so, yeah, I think that the evolution that you're talking about is absolutely happening and it's a very good thing for us to get to where we're going. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a more abundant way of being actually, because it's surrendering to the <laughs> belief that if I stay in flow and I stay on purpose and I'm giving through my organization, you know, this particular area of passion that it, we're problems and things that we're solving, you know, we'll be amply rewarded for that. And we're not hurting anyone a lot the, along the way. So we're just making everything yeah. rise. Whereas the greed and the black aggression is quite a scarcity. It's like, I can only succeed if I squash you, which is not true. Like we can all succeed. I mean, I was in financial advice for 17 years. That's a very, like as many financial advisors, like I didn't need to squash everyone in my competition. There's plenty to go around. And that's the case for, you know, all of us really, like we don't need to own the entirety of the market and like kill everybody on the way. (laughs) Like there's plenty to go around, bring your unique spin and flair and passion to what you do and um, be abundantly rewarded. But yeah, exactly. fascinating. I could talk about this stuff forever, but I don't want to take too much more of your time. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And well done on... um all of your recent developments. You're going to be a mum. You're recently married. Yeah. Super cool. I'm uh, very happy it for is. you and definitely cheering you on. It's definitely been a year of um, creation energy for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to be. So you're working on a new book, right? I am. Yeah, early yeah. stages. Very early stages, still wrestling with it. I mean, you when when COVID started to kind of take hold of the world, um, for me it was a bit of a moment of like, you know, because I do believe everything happens for a reason. It was kind of like, okay, it, it gave a little bit of purpose to 2016 for me because it's kind of like, man, the, like we were distressed times 10. I mean, like we were as bad as you can possibly get while still surviving. Um and then, as I said earlier, you know, you might be distressed for 18 to 24 months, but the, but the road back is a three, four, five-year journey. And so what we went through over the last five years is what many, many, many businesses around the world are going to go through over the next five years. Mm-hmm. And so I'm writing a book around how to navigate extreme challenge in life and business to, to try and uh, draw from, you know, a lot of that experience to provide a bit of guidance for those that are starting to go through that, that or a similar journey to that. Uh, at the moment. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, one of the things I felt super grateful for this year was all the challenges that I've been through in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, I got this. Like, well put. You, you know, it's also so much easier when everybody's suffering other Isn't than like it? what it was like for me when it was yes. like, you just put yourself in a hole and nobody else yes. is in a hole and you're just yeah. like in your miserable hole by yourself. So, oh, that, that is so true. Yeah. When, when the government get it, the ATO get it, your suppliers get it, everybody in your industry is in the same is in the same basket. Yeah. It is it is a lot better than uh, just being there alone. <laughs> mm. Anyway, well, that's amazing. Um, we'll have all of your contact details and things in the show notes and links to your previous book and things like that. But you'll have to keep us keep us posted of how that all comes along, and I look forward to reading it. Totally. Keep Thanks doing so you, much, Sarah. Jack. 
You too. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conscious Culture, The Evolution of Work. Follow us as we further explore real stories of remote companies and the thriving cultures they are creating. To stay updated with all our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. In the show notes of each episode, you'll find some of our favorite remote work and culture resources. However, if you want to have a chat about remote work, how it's done and how it can benefit your company, feel free to reach out to me directly anytime. My email address is sarah at growmyteam.com.au. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Jack is full of energy, totally contagious, and it really was a great conversation. Before I go, I did want to mention our remote leadership course that we have going on through Grow My Team. We have been getting incredible feedback from people. Obviously, this year has been a huge year of transition for many of us as leaders, um, as our teams have gone remote. This is a leadership course that has a lot of incredible leadership principles that, that kind of uh, are valuable whether you're remote or not, but there is a focus on leading and building and growing a remote team. I spoke to one of our clients today and her words were, I feel like I have a whole new team member in my office when she referred to one of the people in her company who went through the program. She was so wrapped with it. And Um, I'm just super excited about bringing it to you. If you are of interest, please check it out on the Grow My Team website. Um, It's been put together by Janine Tracy, our incredible um, conscious leadership consultant. And the course is just fantastic. We're running them. It's a six-week program. Uh, We're running them consistently. There's always new start dates being put up on the website. And we're putting together just groups of six people. So we keep it really intimate Um, And it's a really expansive leadership program. So if that calls to you, check it out. We would love to have you on board. Until next time, have a beautiful day.